Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peek and Ted Tate. Episode five of the People of Packaging podcast is coming your way here next, where I got to interview Dr. Andrew Hurley from the Packaging School in Clemson. Uh, If you're not connected with Dr. Hurley, I strongly recommend it. He puts out incredible content on LinkedIn, including uh, just training and equipping the next generation of packaging people. So it was an honor to be able to uh, interview him. Uh, It was actually take two of the interview. The first one I did live at Clemson and uh, (laughs) didn't turn on the microphone, which was terrible. But I got to see Clemson. I got to see the packaging school. I got to see the campus. It was was beautiful. I completely get why people would go there. So I hope you enjoy this episode here with Dr. Hurley. Uh, So I'm here with uh, Dr. Andrew Hurley of Clemson. Um, this is kind of a, a take two for us. I had a lovely conversation with, with him at Clemson. I was very excited to go there. I ate at the Esso Club. Um, I, I learned all sorts of stuff about Clemson, and uh, the audio did not record. So this is this is take two. Uh, so welcome, Dr. Hurley, our, our packaging podcast. I think it's the only one that exists. I don't know. I'm sure there's another one out there, but... Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Um, so we're, we're going to cover uh, just kind of in general um, some things about about you. Uh, this pa- this podcast is about the people in PAC, um, though certainly the industry as a whole comes up a lot. Um, so I want to start with uh, just kind of a little bit about who you are. Um, you know, so just kind of, I guess, the, be tell me about yourself. Where'd you grow up? You know, um, all of the, what do you currently do? Things like that. Well, very good. Yeah, I grew up in Williamsburg, Virginia, and you know, ever, you know, ever since I can remember, I've been you know really entrepreneurial. I um, like to make things, and uh, I've always enjoyed marketplaces, you know, places where you can sell and transact. Um, I I got the opportunity younger to travel all over the all over the world and I I mean my memories of going to different countries have always been in in their marketplaces and um and of course packaging is like the the, the constant across you know everybody's right. marketplace right so um you know within that uh I as I made things and and, and started um actually selling my own products I was a eBay power seller uh, when I was in high school and um, uh, within that experience, I, I learned a lot about um, simply just working within a marketplace, but also the, the absolute importance of packaging. You know, packaging would be returned, packaging would go missing, packaging was really expensive, and it would also, you know, become damaged. And I noticed that it, packaging was a, a significant part about defining what that bottom line looked like. And as I was in high school thinking about packaging, researching it, trying to find lower cost alternatives, I stumbled upon uh, Clemson's program in, in packaging science. And um, I, I really haven't left it since. That's crazy. So uh, a couple of questions regarding that. So you, uh, you traveled a lot. Is there, is there a particular place that you would say, yeah, this was really 
near and dear to my heart when you travel? Was it internationally or around the U.S. or kind of all both? Yeah, internationally and throughout the U.S. And, you know, I guess what's so exciting to me about about that is that every place was different, you know, even right. within the U.S., you know, how, how you transact, you know, across different states as well, and certainly internationally. Um, you know, there's always different products, certain store, you know, certain regions were more open to having, you know, way more, um, you know, products that I wasn't familiar with. And then, of course, it was always interesting to see how people took very familiar products and, you know, you know, uh, visually marketed it differently across the marketplaces. Yeah, I remember, I, I'm trying to remember was it was over it was it was out of the country and they had it was tobacco packaging i want to say it was in kenya and they had like pictures of like charred lungs on box that said this is what happens to you when you smoke i was like wow that was you know a common a common theme right we have cigarette packaging here they have cigarette there um, and everything had it. So it was clearly a regulation. I mean, the brand owners probably didn't want to put that on there. And it was front and center. And I thought, man, that's crazy. So you're right. It's it's different um, in a lot of places. Yeah. You know, on that on that note, you know, uh, in a class that I teach at, at Clemson, we go over uh, human factor psychology as it relates to packaging. And um, what that example that you mentioned is really interesting because uh, packaging is typically you know, very positively focused, you know, um, around, you know, attracting you to take risk and, and purchasing it. Whereas um, that's what we, t we talk about in terms of negative framing. There's all types of products out there that, you know, the, the packaging has to negatively frame the product um, hmm. in this case uh, for, you know, cigarettes and tobacco, um, you know, across, you know, much of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, being from Colorado, the it's been interesting to track the retail and medical cannabis space and how they navigate that from a from a packaging standpoint has been really fast. Um, so you're right. It's there, there's a positive and a negative. That class sounds if I show up in that class one day, if you see me as a who's taking or auditing that class, don't be surprised. That sounds really fascinating. The human psychology of packaging. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, and if uh, if you're interested in it, you can go to packagingschool.com and check it all out. It's a it's an online course that I that I um, that I teach, and it's it's offered uh, globally. That's even better. Um, although Clemson was beautiful, it wouldn't take me much to have to go back there. But the fact that I can do it from my computer, um, sweet. So, uh, man, we just learned a whole lot about you. Uh, how you got into it? You were an eBay power seller. Were you just selling kind of whatever? whatever you could, or do you have a, a niche that you focused on when you were doing that? I crafted and painted pewter figurines. So very, a very niche thing. You crafted <laughs> and painted pewter figurines. Wow. Yeah, That's it, was crazy. A, it, uh, it was a fun hobby that um, I, I was able to um, you know, commercialize. Yeah, it's great. I mean, anytime, you know, Cuban, he said, um, you know, you don't necessarily follow your dreams or passions, but you follow something, or you find something that, that you're passionate about that you can earn a living at. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's where you can, you can make it. That's cool. Uh, so, so one thing that I'm always really curious about is what is it about packaging today that gets you up in the morning or that gets you excited about kind of maybe where the industry is and, and where you see it headed. Is there anything in particular that you're, I can't wait to see this or I can't wait to interact with this? 
You know, I, I just think that in general, packaging is awesome. And I mean, when, when I think about the products in the marketplace, I, what I see is, is packaging and packaging is what differentiates products. And, you know, just a quick case study. If you wanted to buy basil in the marketplace, you'd go to the spice aisle, right? And mm-hmm. you would, you know, start looking for basil and they're, they're all packaged in approximately the same volume. And if you buy basil in a flexible packaging, you know, it costs about 71 cents an ounce. But the, the same exact amount of basil put into a, uh, you know, a kind of rigid, uh, you know, bottle that has a liner on it. You can take off the closure and sprinkle it on as you use it. That costs for the same, you know, price per ounce, you know, over $3. And then right next to that is the exact same basil in like a glass package with a grinder integrated and you'll pay over $5 per ounce for that exact same product. And to me, that's, that's super exciting. To me, that looks like a world of opportunity and uh, a very creative space that you can, you know, work within to bring and test uh, all types of innovations within marketplaces. And, uh, you know, you don't have to really worry about bringing unique products to the market. I think that People really react and respond to the packaging and the messaging of your product uh, just as much as to the quality of that product. So that fact alone is super exciting to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, man, I, I love that. I love that example of packaging being a differentiator because I think that there's there's a lot of people that tell people that I work in the packaging world. They, they sort of initially go think, <clears throat> excuse me, they go initially think about brown shipping boxes certainly has a, a fair amount of complexity to it. Um, and, and there are, there are cool things that are happening around, around shipping packaging and, and internal void fill and stuff like that. But when you start to really break it down into primary, you know, and secondary printed packaging and smart packaging and, you know, creating a creating, you know, can emit from packaging all sorts of stuff that becomes market differentiation. Uh, I, I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's super exciting. So, um, that's cool. And you guys, I know you have, um, something. So maybe tell me about, it's like, it's a, it's a lab or like an insight place, right? Where if I'm a brand owner, um, know how is my packaging going to, uh, what would be the, appear or, uh, emanate, I guess, with the consumer, they can on site or will you go to them? Tell me a little bit about that. Cause I think that's really, really cool. What we're doing. Sure. So, you know, I work out of the department of food, nutrition and packaging sciences where I, where I work as an associate professor and my responsibilities are, you know, to teach undergraduates, to keep, keep a, you know, a graduate students uh, in a queue where we, where we think about data driven design. And I, I, again, I'm, I think packaging is awesome and that when connected to product development is where you really can optimize and and leverage packaging. So we have a lab, we we work with all types of products, primarily food oriented products, and we collect data on that product package experience. Um, It can be in the retail or marketplace environment, but it could also be in your home. We have Mm -hmm. commercial kitchens and home labs where we can track uh, your eyes at 50 times per second, and we can also track 
all the different muscles in your face and how movements of muscles relate to emotions that you express. And we're able to evaluate um, the the impact of that packaging has on flavor and taste. As just a quick example, a study with um, my, my research uh, firm, Package Insight, uh, did this uh, last December. We tested the eggnog category with people coming in and shopping for eggnog. And then we had them do a taste test, and we had six samples of eggnog to look at. Three of them had the corresponding package, uh, you know, a high-end organic brand, a mass market uh, brand, and then a local store brand, different uh, price points for sure. And what the participants in the study didn't know is that the other three uh, samples to try uh, were the exact same. They just didn't have the corresponding package. And we learned mm -hmm. that the number one performing, you know, tasting product as well as visual product was this super premium organic version. But in the taste test, uh, one of the worst uh, products evaluated in terms of taste was literally the exact same one. <laughs> so, you know, one packaged product was the best and the worst tasting product. Um, and so that's the type of stuff that we explore. Uh, and um, we do deep dives on taking that data and, and driving uh, information around your packaging uh, to ensure that people look at it uh, they they uh, retain that attention and ultimately relate the quality of the packaging uh, to you know, product sensory. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I love that it takes this sort of uh, maybe maybe sort of idea where you've got people sitting around designing and coming up with graphics and things like that, and they and a lot of times they're they're sort of taking they're they're doing their best guess work, right? And I love that you guys can you you've found a way to provide an avenue to bring a level of objectivity to it um, relative to how people would interact with it. And that idea of not only in the store, but also at the, at the home, because so many, you know, I, I talk with the time about, listen, buying decisions more and more because of online retailers like um, are really driving decisions at the, the home shelf um, along with the, the, the store shelf. So, um, you know, creating packaging that is 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 going to end the the usage in the house as well, and not just a a conduit to get from the retail shelf to the home um, is super important. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think about the majority of new products fail in the marketplace, and there is a real need to under to have certainty around your market launch. Mm -hmm. you know, we've seen that it, it, it's pretty simple in retail grocery. If you're unseen, you're unsold. And from an e-commerce perspective, negative emotions are directly correlated with product returns, which is a huge issue in, in that sector and has a tremendous impact on packaging and cost of packaging. Right. So, you know, bringing certainty uh, to the process through an empirical data-driven method, I, you know, I, I think is important. Yeah. So um, that, that obviously came from uh that this idea or this concept came from maybe we'll call it uh points of pain within yourself and then people that you work with and interact with um and so you guys kind of created this um uh, what would you call it a lab or uh company really right i mean the the yeah, yeah. um so what what currently do you think is is still a point frustration for brand owners um, or even a point of frustration for you as a professor 
and as a, um, I don't know many doctors of packaging, so I'm excited to talk to somebody who's a doctor. Of packaging. Um, but it, so, so what, what things are, are frustrating you today? You'd be like, man, if I could, if, if this could get fixed, that would be awesome. Sure. I think I, I get to have the opportunity to speak to a lot of uh, packaging audiences, packaging suppliers and companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I speak to thousands of people uh, every year and, um, you know, not to, to dwell on sad, frustrating things, but I, I think that a lot of people in the industry believe that what they produce is a commodity. And when mm-hmm. I go into a marketplace and I look around, what I see that is constant within that uh, ecosystem are the products. You know, I don't see Coke changing Coke's formula. I don't see Heineken changing Heineken's formula. I see them introducing new products and I see that as a very volatile market. But the thing that is changing in the marketplace is the packaging. And when you look at, I mean, you know, we go to Cheerios themselves. I mean, that, that really can't change. But in order to resonate with new markets and new buying audiences and marketplaces themselves, we have to adapt our packaging. Look at Tide and how it has yeah. evolved its packaging over time. And now it has its own e-commerce box. So, I mean, packaging is constantly changing. And to consider it a commodity, I think, um, is the wrong approach. And so um, a pain for me is that we need to... We need to rise the tides of packaging. We need to lift the veil that that this is a huge industry. It's one of the, as many people have said, it's the third largest industry in the world. And um, it's definitely related and correlated to, you know, GDP. Um, you know, the more packaging, the more valuable the country is. So the more people really see that this is a big differentiator, going back into how products are, are very constant, the package is the, the one that's differentiating. As soon as we can uh, change perspectives on that, I, I, I think... Um, um, the value of packaging will be discussed more on how it differentiates and communicates versus simply how much it costs. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, man, that's that's great. I was talking to a guy actually just uh, and um, I, we were looking at a, a bottle of sparkling water, which is a is carbonated water flavored carbonated water exploding, and uh, you know he held it up and he was trying to make the same point you are. He said the the glass on this bottle is, 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 you know, for this, for this particular product, right? The glass is the same. The enclosure is the same. The materials that go into it are the same. Uh, it might have 57 label SKUs though. So we're talking about printed labels, not as a commodity, right? The only thing that changes with this is the label. <clears throat> and so, you know, even from something that can come from the folding carton, pressure sensitive label, shrink sleeve world, um, and, and that's this thing that, that changes from skew to skew and country to country and flavor to flavor. Um, so to your point, it, it, it is the differentiator. It's the thing that is, is sitting on this, on this bottle. Um, so we were, I was literally just having the same question about it. It's not, it, it's this price-based commodity. Um, there are some things that there's some components of packaging that have a commoditization to them. Um, but I think on the whole, you're absolutely right. Um, so is there something that you are, you are currently working on, um, or maybe, a, a, a new class that you have at Clemson, uh, that is, that is, is really, is really personal to you and what you're doing, um, 
that, that again, you're, you're pretty pumped up about. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, I, you know, within Clemson, I, I have the opportunity to work with all these fantastic students and we do a lot of, uh, student projects and, um, you know, core course building around design theory. And, uh, this, this is a great place that if, you know, anyone listening to this, they should absolutely consider if they're going for their bachelor's or, or master's in, in packaging. But if, uh, the things that get me really excited are, are connecting with the 99% of people that touch packaging, but they don't have any education, uh, they don't mm. have an educational background in packaging. And that's why we created packagingschool.com. And, on that platform, we've got some really cool courses coming up. Um, one is in augmented reality. I find that this is a technology that allows brands who are typically have been, uh, they, they don't have direct communication with their customers because the marketplace holds that data. But, but augmented reality and um, smart packaging allow brands to deploy technology on the packaging to then get in contact with their customers and learn and collect data and directly market, you know, their products to them. So I think this is a very interesting sector and we've created a course on that at packagingschool.com. Awesome. And another one is in cannabis. This is an industry that I believe um, as it transitions from, you know, black to gray, um, you know, to the current marketplace, um, being hit with a level of transparency that I've never seen before. You know, right. all the way from the seed, all the way to the end product, however it was converted into whatever format you purchase it in. And I do believe that this industry will will change the way that we report food products, um, the blockchain technologies that are coming out of this because there's just so much data. And as soon as that we're, they apply that to traditional products that we buy in the regular marketplaces, we'll be able to communicate with people immediately on recalls and all types of information and sustainability, recycling, all the things that, are, that we're juggling right now. I think that cannabis has the opportunity to almost start fresh in right, a brand right. new supply chain. And this is exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, I, that's funny. I'd never, I never made that connection between, because I've seen it firsthand, the amount of uh, regulatory things and, and ability that's required to the supply chain of the cannabis space. And uh, I, I'd never thought what's going to happen if they just, what's going to happen and how great will it be when this gets up on a, on a much broader level. That's really, really fascinating. I love that. Um, so I hope that people listening to this um, both in and out of really nobody's really out of the packaging industry, right? When you think about it, like That's you right. said, 99% of people, the 99% of the people um, who, who don't really know about it or think about it, but we all interact with packaging every single day of our lives. So um, there's no really out of the packaging world. Um, it, it, I've been following this, uh, the, um, the stuff really pretty closely and been thinking a lot about the idea of ownership of packaging, right? That consumers are, you know, you're, you're a buyer of packaging, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the marketplaces of the future are exciting. It seems like there's a new one every day from what, you know, the, that uh, TerraCycles program. Um, I, I mean, I, I really see that when you think about how we've purchased products over time, we first traveled to the goods and then the goods traveled to us. And I think 
um, the next phase is really similar to Uber. You'll just click a button and we'll just roll up into our driveway like an apple cart with every possible variety you can imagine and it will be on right. its way after you make your selection. So the future and marketplaces and packaging are wild and a, a, extremely awesome and uh, I'm, I'm, you know, it, it's part of advancing, um, you know, humankind at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You better trademark um, Apple cart because I'm sure somebody at, uh, at Apple's <laughs> like, yeah, it's a genius idea. Um, well, hey, uh, Dr. Hurley, how could people get in touch with you if they've got questions, if they want to, obviously there's packagingschool.com for people who want to go sign up for classes and, and learn more. Um, if they have direct questions for you, is there a, a, a way email or LinkedIn or, you know, carrier pigeon or. <laughs> yes. Uh, LinkedIn is, is uh, a quick place to go uh, to send a message direct. Uh, another one would be just my, my personal website. Uh, it's drandrewhurley.com. And then any educational questions, uh, send a note to info at packagingschool.com, and we'll be back with you real quick on opportunities across education. That's so good. Well, thanks, Dr. Hurley. I really appreciate the time. I'm glad we can make it work again. And uh, I think hopefully as this podcast uh, can grow and grow and grow, um, you know, that, that's the goal is to expand the reach um, and, and tell the stories of what's happening in the packaging world. So uh, back on, this is a, like you said, it's a, it's an ever evolving field. So um, really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. It was an honor to be considered for the podcast. Great. Thanks, Dr. Early. Thank you. Right, bye. bye. Thanks so much for listening to episode five of the People of Packaging podcast. It was such a pleasure to be able to talk with Dr. Hurley, and I hope you learned a lot. Be sure to connect with him, uh, follow him, follow the Packaging School on LinkedIn. They just they put out incredible content. If you're in the packaging world, which most people who listen to this are, I highly recommend doing that. For our next episode, we did something a little different. I was in Boulder, Colorado, and sat down with Alexis, Val, Sydney and Christy from a company called Interact Boulder, and we did an interactive interview with, uh, with the five of us. So uh, be sure to uh, download and listen to that episode uh, when it comes out here in a couple of weeks. And also, uh, please do us a favor and subscribe uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe to ours. We're part of the Business and Bourbon Podcast Network. Be sure to look that one up with Ronnell Richards. He puts out awesome stuff, some great interviews. And if you wouldn't mind also, leave us a review and a rating. That helps us get the message out on this great uh, industry that we're all part of, the packaging industry. Thanks so much. Yeah.